This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio, starring the Wiz Kids, known as Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. I, I know you caught that. <laughs> Freddie, check, check, check this out, though. <laughs> that was an un- unbelievable day when we it had was. all those callers call in. Oh, my God. About accidentally tinkling. Yeah. Yeah, that was day one. That was opening day. Yes, that that was hilarious. It it still is. It's never going to get old. It is. And shout out to all my guys who have experienced that before in your life, man. You you don't stand alone. I'm with you guys. I'm with you. Harry's definitely the leader of the Wiz kids when it comes to stuff like that. (laughs) By the way, don't forget about the World of the World Series. It whizzes through ESPN Radio, all the postseason action, every pitch, every at-bat, every crowd-busting moment. All right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. As a matter of fact, we're taking a 7.30 Eastern time for the pregame coverage of Game 7 tonight, the NLCS. Arizona Diamondbacks against a very tough but talented Philadelphia Phillies team. And that's going to be a nervous building pregame coverage at 7.30 Eastern time. Ten minutes away from the wonder and looking for answers involving a 49ers team that has lost two in a row, leading to their head coach Kyle Shanahan saying, We flat out got beat. And I think right now you got to take it like a man. That comes your way in about 10 minutes. We'll try to find some answers regarding the 49ers after losing two in a row. But maybe the honeymoon is over. Maybe we have an answer to that. Maybe. When it comes to their quarterback, Purdy. Brock Purdy. Losing two in a row. Through two interceptions last night in the fourth quarter, he says, "I'm not pushing any blame. I have got to be better. We all have to be better." You know, two in the row. Um, it's the NFL. You know, every team is good. It doesn't matter who you're going against, what the record is, or anything like that. We didn't come into the week taking this team lightly. We knew it was going to be a hostile environment. It was going to be a great challenge. Our defense is really good. Um, Kirk Cousins is really good. So it's like, you know, for us, we came in with the right mindset. We just got to execute better. So fill in the blank. I'll have Harry doing it in a second, but we want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Brock Purdy, 49ers quarterback, is what? Fill in that blank. We'll have a chance to listen to what he have to say in about five minutes at 888-729-3776. I'm not believing, Harry, the honeymoon is over. But it seems a lot of people are waiting to try to make sure that Brock Purdy and that love those two things are no longer going to be married, a married couple, but a divorced couple regarding him. It's a lot of people that's preying on Brock Purdy's downfall right now. And a lot of people that are upset because Brock Purdy got drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. That's not his fault, right? And when you look at what Brock Purdy has been able to do since becoming a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, the way he's been able to throw into tight windows and complete passes, the way he's taking care of the football for the most part, still has 11 touchdowns to three interceptions this year, right? Mm -hmm. So he's still good in those regards. Two of those interceptions happened to come last night. And I would say one of those were an anticipation throw in which the ball got away from him because you had Jawan Jennings coming open, wide open on an in route, and he just led him entirely too far. But to sit up here and say that Brock Purdy is the reason why they lost that game last night to the Minnesota Vikings, I think is inexcusable. Now, did he play his part with those two interceptions? Right. Correct. 100% correct he did. But I would go to their first possession, right, when they drive the football down the field after the defense got a turnover and Christian McCaffrey fumbles at the 15-yard line. Mm-hmm. That's points that didn't go on the board. I would also say their second drive, when they're driving down the football field and you put it in your kicker's hand, Moody, that is, and Moody decides that he wants to miss another field goal, which happens to be <laughs> two weeks in a row now. Right? So – All those things play a factor. Now let's move to the defensive side of the ball. This is an elite defense by any stretch of imagination, right? They just had a bad night last night. They had a bad night. Kirk Cousins almost passed for 400 yards. Uh, Jordan Addison had a phenomenal night. 
TJ Hawkinson had a phenomenal night. They had Brandon Powell, who's a normally a special teams guy, had 64 yards receiving last night. You had a lot of missed tackles by that defense. You had linebackers overrunning plays. You had Steve Wilkes, for some odd and apparent reason, to decide with seconds left to go in the second quarter before halftime, you want to send a blitz. Why in the hell would you do that? But if Shavarius <laughs> Ward just intercepts the football, it doesn't get there. Yeah. But a touchdown gets scored before halftime. So there are a ton of things that happened in this game, and I'm not absolving Brock Purdy of of his wrongdoing in this matchup, right. but collectively as a, as a team, they lost that football game on offense, defense, and special teams. One of the things about Brock Purdy, and believe me, a lot of people believe that it could be too much too soon, and that's fair, but the 49ers let it be known how much faith they had in him last year when he comes to for Jimmy Garoppolo and they let him throw the ball all around the park. Everybody is going to have a bad night. Everybody's going to have a bad second in the National Football League. Welcome to the nature of the NFL 21st century football. Just because last night or the last couple of weeks, he has not looked like the Brock Purdy we've gotten used to seeing. The whole honeymoon is over phase. I'm not buying that with Brock Purdy. But I will say this, and he'll say it himself. He believes he can be better. He knows he has to be better with the kind of talent, the kind of coaching that everybody has around them when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, let me tell you why a guy like Debo Samuel – it, when he's out or when he goes out in the game versus the Cleveland Browns and also when he go not didn't play in this game versus the Minnesota Vikings. Right. We're talking about two teams that blitz at a high rate. Right? You mm. you've seen the Minnesota Vikings and Brian Flores and then Jim Schwartz for the Cleveland Browns. They Those bring guys everybody. blitz. Yeah. So it's tough when you're missing a guy that you can just throw the football to right now and he can negate that pressure yeah. that a defense is sending. Yeah. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, and I said this yesterday. Who, whoever is out there on the football field you play with. But I'm just stating how bad you miss a Debo Samuel Absolutely. when a guy or or I say defensive coordinators decided they're going to blitz you over and over and over again at a rapid pay, pace. Yeah, because when you have super talented players, you take them out of the lineup exponentially, that's going to hurt. Not everybody can do what Kirk Cousins did. He was able to overcome the loss of Justin Jefferson out of a hamstring injury and try to make that work. Brock Purdy has not been around as long as Kirk Cousins. It's going to take time, even though many people believe that potentially his time may be up with I'm the company. I'm glad you said that, Freddie. Okay. Because can people stop comparing Brock Purdy mm-hmm. all the time to these other quarterbacks who has eight or uh, f- between five and eight years in the National Football League? Th- this man is going on his first time completing a full season at the quarterback position. But all the time, why don't y'all give Brock Purdy the same hit you give Dak Prescott? Well, Dak Prescott been in the league, what, eight years? Yeah, pretty. Uh, eight, eight years. Eight years, yes, as a matter of right? fact. I had to and, think about that. It, my point exactly. So people keep trying to compare the, the Brock Purdy to these other quarterbacks, and you mm. got to understand, he is still growing yeah. at, that, at that position. Yeah. Well, a lot of these other quarterbacks, we expect them through and through, no matter what, to get the job done. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Time to hear from you in the Dr. Pepper call online, part of Freddie and Harry Nation at 888-729-3776. We want you to finish the sentence. Brock Purdy is what? Fill in that blank. Timothy in California, how would you fill in that blank? Hey, guys. First, first I was going to say, I told the guy that asked the call that he is a system quarterback, and then, but then after listening, I think it's too soon to call him a system quarterback. I think he's just a. I think he's a good quarterback, but he needs the stars around him to uh, succeed. Right now, he does, but eventually, he's going to become into a um, a better um, quarterback, uh, All Pro quarterback. But I'll be honest with you, 
Okay. I would say that about every damn quarterback in the National Football League. Because everybody what, plays in the system. What was <laughs> what what was Josh Allen without Stephon Diggs? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. True. Mm-hmm. Like the, a, a lot of these quarterbacks, of course, you need playmakers around you. That's the nature of the business, and that, I think that's something that people keep getting blinded by right. when they like to bring up. He has George Kittle. He has Debo Samuel. A lot of these quarterbacks in the National Football League need these guys. Every, I would say everyone except Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the only person I would put on the list and say, you know what? It don't matter who the hell he has. He going to make it work. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Certain guys are just superhuman when it yes. comes to that. But I'm okay if somebody makes the system work or makes the system better. Every great quarterback has been in a system, period. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, the list goes on and on and on. You have plays you put in that can accentuate and make your quarterback and your team better. You make that system better. You can't use system quarterback. It sounds as if it's it's not a compliment. Everybody's a system quarterback. How do you make that system work? Certain guys can play in any system, and certain guys can't. That's been the nature of the NFL for more than a minute. Coach him up in North Carolina. Coach him up. Finish this sentence. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is what? Average. <laughs> he got right to it. And that's cool. He he was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. He beat you, you know, with smart instincts, uh, you know, anticipating throwing lanes, um, you know, but when all of that breaks down, he's just average, small, you know, slight speed, average arm strength. And that's Co- cool, but he's Co- just average. Coach, Coach, I got pushback, though, because all the things you just mentioned is not an average quarterback to me. It, it, it really isn't. Like, if you have someone that's the one with anticipation that's uh, – people want to call him a system quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Then why in the hell is he running it better than anybody else Kyle Shanahan has had? Because Jimmy Garoppolo never that, ran it this efficiently. That, that's, not, that's not average to me, though. Yeah, they, they moved on from Trey Lance, a guy that they traded up for with a top five pick, and he like, couldn't run their system. Like, average to me is not second in QBR, only behind Patrick Mahomes. Average is not second in QB rating, only behind Tua Tungvaloa. Average is not completing 67.9% of your passes, passes 11 touchdowns and three interceptions. That, that's just not average to me. And, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I, played, I, played, I played the game for 10 years in the National Football League. Like, I just don't see Brock Purdy as being average. I don't. Yeah, you can't be average in the NFL and be successful. At that position. No. You got to have something that is a little bit above that. And for my money, at least right now, I'm not going to call him an average quarterback. I'm not going to call him great. I'm not going to call him very good. He's a good quarterback. He's better than people could have anticipated or thought when he was the final pick last year in the NFL draft. That's not just being part of the Brock Purdy fan club is just stating exactly what it is. I, I think where I'm coming from in, in terms of the narrative of Brock Purdy, when he plays exceptionally well – he plays exceptionally well. He's that guy. He led his team. When he has a, an off game last night, mm-hmm. he's still learning. He's, he's very young. You know what I mean? Those two things don't jive with me in terms of how we talk well, about no, it. No, no, yeah. no. Let, let me say this, In though. terms of like the media narrative. Yeah, the, 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 game at, the day after we're talking, well, he had a bad game because he's still learning or he has a guy out. But no, when he, when I, he, yeah, see, I'm not saying that he's still learning. I would say even when they've won games that he's still learning because he just got here as a starting quarterback, no matter good or bad what that's going to be with Brock Purdy and the 49ers. And, Freddie, I'm glad you brought that up because in their first playoff game last year versus the Seattle Seahawks, right? The, early on in that ball game, oh boy, it was a struggle for yeah. Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And it should have been interceptions across the board. So yeah, yeah. yes, he was still, but he figured it out during the game, right? Uh, early on in the Giants game this year, right? Remember, there were like two plays on the first drive Absolutely. that could have been interceptions by Brock Purdy. So 
I'm a person that's going to always be fair. I'm going to give him the criticism with, with criticism where the criticism is due. Absolutely. But also when he plays above what everyone expects him to play, I'm going to praise him as well. Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We're going to move our conversation involving the 49ers and other NFC teams that we're looking for answers from. We're going to do that in about 45 minutes because plenty of people still want to weigh in on when it comes to Purdy. Brock Purdy, 49ers quarterback. He's not going to say the honeymoon is over, but he knows he needs to be better after what happened last night. You know, two in a row. Um, it's the NFL. You know, every team is good. It doesn't matter who you're going against, what the record is or anything like that. We didn't come into the week taking this team lightly. We knew it was going to be a hostile environment. It was going to be a great challenge. Our defense is really good. Um, Kirk Cousins is really good. So it's like, you know, for us, we came in with the right mindset. We just got to execute better. And he understands that, and everybody else understands that. By the Carlos Ramon Graham hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83. He says, God's great show as usual. Great job being the Wiz Kids. But he also says he believes that Brock Purdy is the real deal because he has the calm nerves under duress, and that is something that you can't teach. There's something that you definitely can't coach. Either you have that. Or you don't have it. And, and I would say this, Freddie, when he came into that game last year versus the Miami Dolphins and they allowed him to pass the football the way he did, that said something to me. When yeah. it was a close game versus the Dallas Cowboys last year and you expected Dak Prescott to make the plays, well, it was Brock Purdy who made that play to George Kittle over Absolutely. the middle of the football field when all of us was like, hell no, no! Mm-hmm. And George Kittle caught that football, right? It, it, it was him, no hesitation, and not scared to make that throw and make that play. But also Kyle Shanahan not hesitating and not scared to call that play for his quarterback. Yeah, It would be interesting the more and more that he's able to hopefully evolve for the San Francisco 49ers, how he would deal with teams adjusting to him because there are going to be adjustments made. Everybody's going to have that game tape. They're going to have that film. And that's what separates good to great players in, in any sport because when people know you're going to do and you know it and they can't take it away, that's when you're fantastic. It's not just making plays all script. It's when everybody says, he's got to make that throw on third and five. We're going to take it away and you make that throw anyway. That's when you become a guy that people game plan, game plan for and fear. When they know you have to make the throw, they're trying to take it away and you make that throw anyway. And, and I will tell you this now, looking at the last two weeks, well, the blueprint now, if you're not going to have a Debo Samuel out there on the football field, and especially if you're not going to have a Trent Williams protecting you at left tackle, then the blueprint that Brian Flores and Jim Swartz gave everyone right. is to blitz the hell out of this offense. Yeah, because you feel, make him see what he can do. Make him have to use his feet, use his mind, pre-snap reads, whatever that is. Even still, with Brock Purdy, he's still scratching the surface, even though we still don't know exactly what kind of quarterback he's going to be. Dana in Virginia, thanks for calling us up on Freddie and Harry, part of Freddie and Harry Nation on Dr. Pepper calling line on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Dana finished the sentence. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is what? Boo-boo. Now hear me out. Hear me out, hot sauce, Freddie. What's up, HD? What's up, brother? What's up, brother? baby? <laughs> Let me get a shout out to the brother that um that take the call because that's my homie seven five seven. He's from Virginia. Yeah, man. And I'm from the Cap City, Richmond. And um, HD, if you ever get to Richmond, I mean Virginia, always remember this, man. Virginia is for lovers. And you are. <laughs> You, you, you always playing that slow music, so you fall up under that category. So you're yeah, not yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Hot sauce, you, are, you already know, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you need to come check. And if you ever come to to Richmond 
Holler at your boy. I'm going to show you the whole city. Man, you guarantee to have a good time. Dana Hot Virginia, Dana, Dana Virginia, this has like blue lights in the basement written all over this whole conversation, my man. <laughs> <laughs> so why is, why is Brock Purdy boo-boo in your opinion, Dana? Okay, this is what I say now. Man, I, I ain't going to call him straight up boo-boo like that because he do play good and I ain't going to take nothing from his game. But this is what it is with the new um, athletes now, football, baseball, basketball. You give an athlete one good year or maybe a year and a half, they're ready to put the dude in the Hall of Fame. Let's see the career. Let's see. Let, let, let's, let's get these guys to play at least four, five good years of uh, football, and then we can start questioning them. Like uh, Mahomes in Kansas City. He he consistent with it year after year. Uh, AFC Championships, Super Bowls, winning the MVPs. All right, we could talk about him because he, he, he's setting it. But these other guys, let's give them a little minute before we really put them there. Dana Virginia, you're spot on with it because... Yes, he is. I mean, not for nothing. People, more than ever before, in any kind of entertainment athletics, they don't want stuff now. They want stuff yesterday. And they want it at 100 miles an hour. We're not willing, well, not me and you, but plenty of people are not willing to see that if somebody's bad early, they won't be able to dig their way out. If somebody's terrific early, then they better continue to be that way and ramp up off of that. Brock Purdy has not even played one full NFL season yet in his NFL career and already people are casting their opinions about what he is going to be or what he's not going to be in the NFL but Freddie that's why like I I was chilling these last few weeks when I've I heard on numerous of occasions people call Brock Purdy elite and I was saying to myself it don't work like that no it doesn't no like we anoint people so quick now I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback don't get me wrong right but elite bro that's another category man like it's you know how long it takes for somebody to have a career for people to say that they're elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that don't happen overnight. That don't happen in one year. That don't happen in two years. Well, well you know why we are where we are because, and I'm, I say this with great affection and great respect, Patrick Mahomes has ruined this for everybody else. I, I agree. Because the minute He that, did it so fast. Absolutely. Because he had to wait a year. People forget that. He sat behind Alex Smith, one of our compadres who works as an ESPN NFL analyst. He didn't play and start until his final game of his rookie season because they wanted to see exactly what they were going to get against the Denver Broncos. Then the minute he got on the football field, he tore apart the league. By the way, being a system quarterback in Andy Reid's system, and they make that work. He has really ruined it because I'm sure other GMs thinking, well, if we get somebody like that we believe could be close to that, that guy has to have success early. Whether you're a first-round pick or seventh-round pick, if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, he's that gold standard. And everybody's going to measure that. right? (laughs) I was warned early on because Uh I was with the Tennessee Titans. Right. We played them in preseason. Uh And Mahomes came in, did his little thing. But their guy that's head over communication, Ted Cruz, TC, Uh he told me, he said, hey, that one right there, that one right there is it. And, and, and you know, you, you hear it, and yeah. it might go in one ear and out the other. Oh, you roll your eyes and go, yeah, but, I heard that before. Right. But when that first year came and him him being a starter, and that's the year I believe he threw for 50 touchdowns, Absolutely. right? He tore apart the league in his first year as a starting quarterback. But nobody saw that coming. So that's the gold standard to Dana's point that he has been able to establish year after year after year after He's consistently spectacular. It's no longer eye candy anymore with Patrick Mahomes, even when he does something great. When it comes to... Brock Purdy, when he does something great early, like we saw last year, people are like, oh, man, that's the next guy. He has a couple of stumbles here and there. Oh, he's overrated. You guys are making too much out of him. Because Patrick Mahomes has ruined a lot of narratives in people's minds because of what he did early in his career. You know who else is about to ruin it, too, though? Who? Joe Burrow. 
because of his early success mm-hmm. and what he was able to do his his second year after his ACL, his third year, yeah. and if this team can come back this season with that organization and, too and make a playoff, then he will be another guy that you can throw into that category. I won't, I won't put him in that category right now, but right. he's on the brinks of it. Yeah. One last one from Roy the Truck Dry. He's an FOS friend of the show at 888-729-3776. Roy, finish the sentence. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is what? He is a good quarterback still learning. Let the man learn. He's not been there that long. And don't put him up on a pedestal yet, but let's just let this man grow like everybody else has to do. So stop tripping. Doggone. Let the man do his job. Jesus. <laughs> Dang, look how Roy talked to Devin. Roy, Talk to him, Roy. Roy went right Reverend Roy, the truck driver. The church doors are open. Yeah, the you, right Reverend Roy, the truck I think driver. Roy had Damn. the Bluetooth clo- too close to his mouth. That's what I think. <laughs> oh, so now we're shading somebody after you invoke the name of the Lord. That's blasphemy, Mr. Kane. I know he's keeping our country going driving that truck, but I damn. Know, man. <laughs> Talk about pumping the brakes on somebody. Devin Kane with that whole thing. Keep weighing in when it comes to Brock Purdy. You can finish that sentence. Brock Purdy is what is a 49ers quarterback right now. Let us know on social media, on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83 with my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us here on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. And speaking of FOS, as friend of the show, we're going to ask a friend of the show if the San Francisco 49ers are in any kind of trouble after losing their last two games. And could there be a quarterback controversy with the New York Giants? Say it ain't so. We will make it so on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hot sauce, Freddy. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. You put us together. You get Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about some ESPN radio and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We love our man Andrew Hawkins from an NFL wide receiver. Stops by to give us his NFL expertise. Does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on social media at Hawk. I don't want to say that the honeymoon is over for Brock Purdy. Mm. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. What do you think about that quote unquote honeymoon? Got to Brock Purdy. I don't think it's over yet. Uh, when I watched the film again this morning, um, the All Twenty Two, and he didn't he didn't play bad. There's a couple of plays you got to have back, and this is the NFL. If you throw two crucial interceptions in the fourth quarter, you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you flack for it, and, and, and deservedly so. 
But ultimately, I think he played a good game. I think what you're seeing from Brock Purdy is him trying to adjust uh, to not having instant offense at the wide receiver position in Debo Samuel. This is one of the best players in the league, right? So anytime you take him out of a lineup, I don't care how good you are, how diverse your offense is, how great your play caller is, especially for a quarterback still in his first 17 starts, which essentially makes him a rookie, it's an adjustment. There's certain plays out there that Debo would typically make, yards after catch. There are certain catches, the way he comes back to the football the way he runs his route that you're seeing him trying to adjust to uh, as a young player. Now, he has to do so because, to your point, we put him up on this high pedestal and you, and you got to maintain that. But it's not surprising to me. I don't I don't. He's not scot free from blame. Right. But it, it's just I feel I'm less shocked about it than I feel like the conversation is that I'm hearing having happening. I'm glad you feel that way because, Hawk, I feel the same way because this morning, let me tell you why I I got a little salty this morning because (laughs) everything I kept seeing on social media, oh, keep that same energy towards Brock Purdy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's understand the context of an entire football game, Mm -hmm. right? Because he did drive down and Christian McCaffrey fumbled in the red zone. Mm -hmm. On the second possession, his his field goal kicker missed the field goal. That elite defense weren't elite last night. So Mm -hmm. it's more context to the San Francisco 49ers losing that game last night than people trying to make the narrative today be, how much blame should we, or is it Brock Purdy's fault that they lost last night? I thought collectively it was offense, defense, and special teams. What are your thoughts? I, I completely agree. I think there's enough blame to go around, and even with the coaching staff, like they, the the Vikings. I don't want to say they out coached. I mean, yeah, you can say they out coached them. The way that they neutralized Joey Bosa, Dan Orlovsky just talked about it on NFL Live. They had a great plan for him that allowed Kirk Cousins to sit back there and do what he did, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, these very strong points of your team when they're not present, of course, it's going to look different. Like when I look at the quarterback position, what thing I always wonder. You know, it's like, okay, are you seeing the play, right? Do you, do you, do you know where to go? Are you processing it right? And once right. you see the play, can you make the throw? Brock Purdy was doing both of those things. The two interceptions, the last one is a, you know, end of the game. You got to get a chunk play exactly. there. Clock's winding down. No like That's outs. a chance you have to take. Yeah, They had a whole player. Okay, that's a pick. The other one is when he's going to Jennings on kind of it's a stutter out post and there's like two versions of that that the 49ers run one is called a drift route which is essentially a five-step bang on post one two three four five timing it comes out you anticipate it and the other one is a little more nuanced like you're faking an out yeah. so it's almost like a double move right purdy threw it on five-step timing mm. where jennings is taking actually a little longer than that route typically takes so you Have put to those two things together by the, def- the defense there was an under rerouter from the linebacker position right so you Put those two things together, quarterback's a little fast, receiver's a little slow. It looks like a terrible pass, but the reality is like they're getting this rhythm together. Yes, they've been practicing, but that's a if he's throwing on Debo timing, right. you know, it might look and feel a little different. And yeah. that that's a reality for a young player that he has to figure out because Debo ain't coming back. Yeah, and by right? the yeah, by the, the defense gets paid too. They're exactly. Not there to be part they're of on scholarship too. Yeah, they're on scholarship as well. Yep. Andrew Hopkins always on scholarship. <laughs> uh-huh. That's an ESPN NFL analyst joining us in studio on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Real quick before we move on with Brock Purdy. Finish this sentence. Brock Purdy is what? Fill in that blank. A really good quarterback. He is. I mean, and the it's it's beyond just like 
again, all the things I talk about. Do you see the play? Can you make the throw? You know, can you buy time and your eyes down the field? Do you get rattled? Brock Purdy doesn't do any of those things. And, and people might not really like that's a big part of why he's successful. It's not just about this offense. It's not just about, you know, oh, he's just a no. He is a confident player. Mm-hmm. He knows where the play is. He trusts himself. And when things break down, he doesn't rattle easily. Even last week against that Browns incredible defense, when they needed a drive at the end of the game, yeah. he took them down to win the game. If they kick that field goal, we're having a completely different conversation if they make that because it shows, look at this young player in the face of adversity, without his number one receiver, without his all-everything tailback, he still won the football game, right? And again, those are little indicators of, man, he really is something special. Now let's go to Baltimore. After that beatdown they put on the Lions Ooh, on Sunday, I, have the yeah. Ravens solidified themselves as the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC? I think so. I, I think so because they've, they've shown the highest floor of all the AFC teams. Even, even in their losses, they're like, you know, they probably should have won those games. They should be undefeated in They my should opinion. be undefeated. Yep. Yeah, yep. They, they played well enough to be undefeated if it wasn't for a couple of costly mistakes, which everyone can make that. But, like, the other teams that are losing – you know, like the 49ers or when you see the really good teams, they took their L, they took them bad. Right. And the Eagles losing to the Jets is like, that's, that's indefensible. Like you shouldn't, that shouldn't happen. They're an <laughs> inferior team to you without, you know, uh, they're all everything quarterback. So when right. you look at the, the, the Ravens and if Lamar is playing like that and that offense is Ooh, clicking like that. Good luck. Yeah, man, that's that's special because defensively they were balling out, obviously, against one of the best offenses in the Lions. Andrew, so. uh, Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst in studio, and Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, staying in the city of New York. A lot of people want to say that, man, if Tyrod Taylor keeps playing like this, Andrew Hawkins, boy, you guys <laughs> may have to think about return on investment when it comes to Daniel Jones making all that money and guaranteed money this year and next year. But should there really, really be a quarterback controversy? Oh, man. Tyrod Taylor is a good switch up always. And the thing that Tyrod is really good at, he's good at protecting the football and sometimes to a fault. That that was always Tyrod's knock is that he he ain't going to throw no interceptions. You got to force it into him, which means he's going to miss out on some good opportunities because if it's too close, he ain't going to make that throw. He's risk averse. He's risk averse. And that's why he's still in the league. And he's one of those players you don't even realize he's so old. His first year was my first year in the league, which is 2011. <laughs> wow. And, you know, you don't look at him and think, oh, that's an old quarterback. You look at Brian Hoyer, you think, man, that dude is a you ancient. You look at Well, Tyrod. you know why, Hawk. You know what they say, black don't black crack, Black don't baby. crack, man. Oh, there we go. He's still running around. You just, oh, that's just Tyrod. He's going to be in the next 10 years, old as hell, and everyone acting like he should be the starter. But that's the gift that keeps on giving. That's why he's the perfect backup. He just want to get his fits off. He'll come in there. Right. He'll get you a win or two, and... You know what I'm saying? On to the next. <laughs> Lord. I so I, I, go, Harry. So I, I got to ask you about the Miami Dolphins, yes. right? Because the two most meaningful games, all of them are meaningful, but I think the two biggest ones for them this season was at Buffalo mm-hmm. and at Philly. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about them having the ability to beat quality teams? A little bit. I, I would say yes. I would say yes because obviously that's the sample size that we have to work with. Those, they're two quality teams. Um, and as time goes on, shoot, you might be able to argue whether the Bills are a quality team. Oh, yeah, to, to, to keep it a hundred. Um, yep. So I, I think you definitely question that. And the way that they won, I think, is the most concerning thing. Is because what I want to get from Tua, and not to dissect him because he's played incredible, he's played brilliant at times, but in the times where he hasn't looked great, he's been 
they rattle him when he when he when he when he doesn't have that first or second option. Mm-hmm. He starts to panic a little bit, and and you talk about what we just had a discussion on with Brock Purdy. You don't feel that from Brock Purdy, even when they were getting after him. He it's he's figuring out okay, where is my next answer, and where is like. You know, Tua gets a little antsy back there. It does. It doesn't seem as much in rhythm. It doesn't right. seem as smooth, and they got to they got to figure that out. So that means you have to really be clicking on all cylinders, or it's you know boom or bust. Yeah, give him a shout on Twitter. He's a great follow at Hawkey. Is Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL Ounce, always gracious with his time and always great with the expertise. He joined us in studio here on Freddie and Harry. Hawk, always appreciate it, my man. Take appreciate care, of me you, well. fellas. I'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, always hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to see what you have to say. Coleman ESPN. That's my handle. Harry's handle H Douglas eighty three. When it comes to San Francisco forty nine and twenty minutes away, we're not going to talk so much a honeymoon with Brock Purdy, but maybe the honeymoon for the forty nine is being an elite team in the NFL for this season. We'll do that in about twenty minutes. But the NBA kicks off tonight. Will the New York Knicks acquire Joel Embiid sooner than later or sooner than never? Keep it here for that on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. If that doesn't get you going, then there's something wrong with your soul. There's nothing wrong with this show, and there's nothing wrong with the country if that doesn't get you going. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Serious so Sexy Channel 80. And we're always balling when you tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, and the NBA is balling back in action tonight. The defending champion, Denver Nuggets, hosts LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Cards begins at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Harry, give it to me. A little bold NBA protection prediction or bold take. What's he got? With the season kicking off tonight, Denver Nuggets get their rings and ceremonies. We got so many different storylines. We don't know what's gonna happen with James Harden and Philadelphia seventy sixers. What is a bold prediction to take that's been on your mind with the NBA starting tonight? Well, Freddie. You're so, you're you, so juvenile, by the since, way. You really since you are. asked me to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you the best I can. You're so juvenile. Um, I'm going to oh, go with <laughs> I'm a, Honestly, honestly, I'm going to go with Victor Wimbayamba. And, and you talk about a guy that's 7'3", about 230 pounds. And I'll be honest with you, when I watched him in the summer league, I said to myself, okay, he's going to have to get stronger. He's going to have to work on this balance. Right. I definitely don't think he's going to make the all-star game. Now, he spent all of his time this offseason mm-hmm. with the San Antonio Spurs, working on his craft, getting stronger, working on his balance. And what I've seen from him in the preseason, although I understand it's preseason, but this young man, I don't know how you're going to be able to stop him offensively because he has the skills of a guard. Right. He can shoot the ball from the perimeter like a shooting guard, mm-hmm. but also he has the length and the size to put the ball back uh, back in the basket, get offensive rebounds, but still have the ability on the defensive end to block shots. So I think he's going to have an immediate impact on the National Basketball Association, and this is going to be the start of something very, very special. And you can't compare this young man to anybody because of his size and his skill set and the way that he understands the game of basketball. He's able to pass the basketball at a high level as well. So I'm really looking forward to him, and I'm going to go ahead and say, He's going to make the All-Star game in his rookie season. He could not have picked a better place to have a rookie season than with that organization in San Antonio because you got a coach in Greg Popovich. It's a city that loves basketball, but it's a lot easier to get acclimated 
to the NBA game when you're not in New York, you're not in Chicago, you're not in Los Angeles, you're not in those hotbed markets. San Antonio, they love their team, but they allow you to be yourself being a part of that basketball team. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, etc. You could not have picked a better franchise for Victor Wimbyama to go to than that organization where he can ease his way into becoming the superstar sooner than later that we both believe that he's going to be. And more importantly, the kind of demeanor that he has. Even when he was getting pushed around in summer basketball, he said, yeah, of course they're going to do that to me now, but wait until I get used to the NBA game. And I said, that should send chills up the spines of a lot of players because you're right. This isn't anything that we have ever seen like this in the NBA before. That preseason he had preseason game he had against the Oklahoma City Thunder against Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I was smiling ear to ear because the NBA is in good hands because of the young talent that they have. And you look at a guy like Wimbenyama and how a lot of people said he's the best prospect to ever come to the NBA draft. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I'm going to say that's LeBron. Now, Victor okay. may be second. Right. Victor may be second, but he has an it. opportunity – he has an opportunity to write his own story in which the end game of it could be that, yes, he was right. the best to enter the draft um, other than LeBron. I wonder if any time that Rudy Gobert sees Victor Wimbyama, since both of those guys are from France, that he just looks at him and a little piece of him dies. Because everything offensively that he's not, Victor Wimbyama is, even before he's played one game in the NBA. By the way, he makes his TV debut, his NBA debut tomorrow night, 930 Eastern Time, when the San Antonio Spurs take on the Dallas Mavericks. That game's on ESPN at 930 Eastern Time. My bold prediction can involve something that I read. Not trying to get my hopes up. But then again, I'm not going to say that it possibly cannot happen. According to a report in the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Knicks are willing to offer a massive haul in a trade for 76 of Joel Embiid. According to this report, the Knicks are willing to offer a package that includes three key players, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, and Mitchell Robinson, all in exchange for Joel Embiid. A trio from that group will be paired with two or three first-round picks. If you are the New York Knicks and the 76ers pick up that phone and say, we're willing to talk, you cannot hang up that phone unless that trade is made. I could see that happening before the trading deadline next year. Well, I would say that that's a trade if I'm the New York Knicks I have to make, right? Because I think about the one-two punch with Jalen Brunson and Joel Embiid, right? You you have your bona fide two guys that can score at will. That's how I look at Joel Embiid. He's the MVP of the National Basketball Association in 2022, 2023 for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And then with Jalen Brunson, I think Jalen Brunson surprised a lot of people. He right? certainly he, did me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he was a guy that the Knicks could count on from the moment he started practicing within that organization. His father is a coach on that roster as well. And the Dallas Mavericks, I know they're sick to their stomachs <laughs> right now because they let him get out of the door. I don't think they understood what they actually had. Otherwise, they wouldn't have let him walk out of the door. Right. But you have to make that uh, that trade because you still have Emmanuel Quickly, Dante D- uh, DiVincenzo, you have Josh Hart. But I think it's the start of something built around the catalyst of, of, of everything, and that would be Joel and B and Jalen Brunson. He would love everything about that city, the kind of presence that he has. And a guy like Jalen Brunson would say, we get a guy like that, that makes my job a heck of a lot easier because even though we play in or have pace and space basketball in the NBA and really at any level of basketball, we're starting to see a little bit of that shift going back to a big guy that can score down low with Nikola Jokic, what he does for the Denver Nuggets 
what Victor Wimbiyama is going to do for the San Antonio Spurs and what Joel Embiid has been able to do in all his years in Philadelphia. If that's a potential report, and no one would put it out there if they didn't believe a trade like that could possibly be talked about involving these two teams, if they answer that phone to the New York Knicks, you can't let the 76ers get off that phone until a deal is made, if that report is, is to be true. And you got to give Hakeem Olajuwon a lot of credit, right? Because he no is doubt. the guy that's working with a lot of these big men, being able to play with your back to the basket, the, their footwork, and being able to maneuver in the paint and getting your shot up. Like, no, I don't think no one was better than him when it yeah. came to those dynamics of a big man scoring the basketball at will around yeah. that painted area. So got to give him some love. Yeah. Can you imagine you get Joel Beat in New York City? Something like that. Ooh, that place ooh. was on fire last year, and they got to the second round of the playoffs. They would really lose their rabbit behind minds if Joel Embiid is a New York Knick. I know he'll be able to count on this point guard in crunch time. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that pocket's still empty. What the heck's going on with James Harden? Because he's not going to be there for game one, and who knows how much longer that's going to continue with the Philadelphia 76ers. But back to the NFL here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I am Freddie Coleman. We're going to use the word notice when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers and Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. This is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.